0: No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible.
1: This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. We're joined by a reporter non reporter. He's certainly uh, a
0: legendary figure,
1: even at his young age in our business. My colleague, Adrian Wojnowski. Woj, thank you for joining us.
0: Uh, Jeremy, I'm uh, first of all, it's great to be with you. I'm not sure what I'm more flattered by, the fact uh you referred to me as legendary, or the fact that you still called me young? Because I'm not sure I'm either. Any, I'm not sure I'm either, but I appreciate it. Well,
1: I've got a few weeks left before I turn 50, so I'm kind of calling everybody young because I think <laughs> then I kind of get included as well. It's kind of my strategy right now.
0: Yeah, I'm just on the north side of that, but I appreciate- <laughs> <laughs> well, I should say, you know,
1: what, what many of our uh, viewers and listeners might not be aware of, you are, uh, you are unique as far as I can tell in uh, the history of ESPN on the on camera side as being a Bristol, Connecticut native who uh, has risen to a very high position in the company. When you were growing up, uh, in Bristol, uh, what, what kind of a presence did ESPN have in the life of the community?
0: Well, actually, uh, Malcolm Huckabee, who I grew up with in Bristol, who played basketball at Boston College, played a little bit with the Miami Heat, actually got drafted by the Tigers off of one season of American Legion Baseball. He does college basketball for us at ESPN, and he's a Bristol native too, so I want to include him. But I
1: should have been aware of that. I, I should have been aware of that.
0: Well, but, uh, you know, it's funny. I remember as a kid at the boys' club a couple things. One, he used to play pickup basketball with Tom Meese. At the Bristol Boys Club, who was a wonderful, wonderful guy. Uh, Obviously, one of the originals with Bob Lee and Chris Berman. And uh, I remember, and I mentioned this recently to Bob Lee as a kid, uh, I remember watching him pump gas at a a gas station in downtown Bristol and making my father stop the car and watch Bob Lee. Uh, pump gas. It was you know everything was self serve then. So Which,
1: it would have been hard for Bob because he's a Jersey guy, and of course in New Jersey you can't pump your own gas. So he was he was kind of a pumping gas novice.
0: That's exactly right. I'm
1: sorry. I it's really nowhere to go with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, but no, it was uh, <laughs> you know ESPN was a you know I think you know it was something that at the very beginning was you know, a regional I think the idea was was a regional sports network. It was going to do the Hartford Whalers and Yukon basketball and then that's right. they realized well we've got these satellites up in the sky. We can we can we can broadcast all around the country and the world and that's what it became. But um yeah, I grew up just down the street. My dad still lives in the same house um that I grew up with about you know a mile from ESPN's campus.
1: We're speaking with Adrian Wojnarowski, the NBA insider who is a constant presence on the networks airwaves radio waves um and, and you know I promised we wouldn't talk about the relentlessness of the job and and all that it reminds me like when Jimmy Breslin um he was a guest on the first edition of Cold Pizza like 16 17 years ago and I helped book him because uh his relationship with my dad and they wanted Jimmy Breslin on because the show was coming from New York and who's the ultimate New Yorker and the anchor of the show you know Jay Crawford is a great guy and a great anchor he opens up quite naturally you know welcome to this new show etc cetera, etc cetera. you know gotta tell you it's hard getting up this early in the morning and Breslin who hasn't even been introduced yet is sitting on the couch he's Mike but you, you don't even see him as a viewer he starts saying what are you complaining about the garbage men are out all night in the cold <laughs> and the heat you're sitting here at an air conditioned heated studio talking about sports so I'm sure I guess you kind of you know you have that same kind of attitude like this isn't you know this isn't collecting garbage in the middle of the night it which doesn't mean it's not hard work
0: yeah I mean you know it's funny And you mentioned uh Bristol I mean even when I drive around there when I'm up there in campus I can see all these different spots in town where I had part-time jobs as a kid and I cut grass at the cemetery I worked you know, in the, you know, shoe department at a men's store. I worked in the old photo map they had in the middle. If everybody remembers those, you'd have a photo. It was called photo. Mat. It was in the middle of like a parking lot in like, by right in the Caldor's parking lot. And so, and, you know, my dad worked in a factory that's now closed and gone, um, a ball bearing, ball bearing factory um, in Bristol for 30 years. And so like, that's real work. And I, I'm lucky to get to do what I do and, and, uh, you know, the backdrop of Bristol is interesting for me because, you know, I, I worked in Waterbury for four years. I always have to drive through Waterbury on my way. And, you know, I just wanted to be a sports writer. I just want to be able to make a living at it. And so uh, I'm lucky to get to do it. And, you know, ESPN's been a great place to do it for the last, you know, couple years. Yahoo was a great place to do it before that. So, uh, but the job has grown. It's sort of become this... <laughs> It's like this beast that you just keep feeding and feeding and uh, and wants to be fed at the interest has never been greater and uh, it's it's pretty remarkable the, the appetite that people have for the reporting and, and and the information that we're you know that we're trying to deliver
1: when you moved to Jersey to work for the record was it hard to learn not to pump your gas?
0: <laughs> That's exactly right you'd always have to uh, you get used to it it's funny our kids our kids have only known life in Jersey. Like we are out of state. They're like, what are you getting out to do? What, like, what is this? So I'm like, no, you can actually do it yourself. Why don't you, why don't you get out of the car and learn? You know,
1: I, I, I'm sorry. We're speaking with Adrian words about more important things than how he learned to pump, uh, or how he had to unlearn pumping his own gas when he moved to New Jersey, and you know what's going on with the NBA right now. It's it's become as the NFL has been for a long time a 365 day a year league. When did that transition take place? You think when did it? When was the tipping point?
0: I think the 2010 free agency, uh, LeBron James and Chris Bosch going to Miami that started to change it, and that started to change free agency. It started to change the interest that fans had. And I think it really started to change the way the teams uh, approached free agency and the way the teams approached uh, organizations approached team building and the, the kind of deals that were being done, uh, not just in free agency, but, you know, the things like teams who would use their salary cap space to take on contracts but get draft picks and. The, uh, the strategy that went into it, you know, has become this, you know, you cover that all in a way, the way that you're covering teams in, uh, on the court during the year. And so, you know, so much of the league has been around what's coming. You know, it's almost like college recruiting, right? People care more about who their school's going to get than the people they have there playing for them now. The NBA's become that. And then also shorter contracts when the league changed the collective bargaining agreement, shortened the length of deals, you used to have players who could be in, remember Jermaine O'Neill had a seven year deal and you know guys would get six-year deals. And now you know you see star players who are cycling in and out of free agency more quickly uh, because they're doing shorter deals. We had over forty percent of the league in free agency this year. And that's going to be a consistent number going forward. All the deals are one- and two-year deals for the most part, many of them. And, and then there's opt-outs and deals. So there's just this constant cycling in July of it. And, and so that has just changed it. But I do believe, I don't think there's any question it started with, pat riley putting that miami team together you
1: know i guess recently in the last few weeks we've been hearing kind of a backlash to the way things uh are now done in the nba and the power of the players there's a backlash to that and the way that um uh the shift the balance of power is now so complete uh from the teams to the individual stars themselves uh there are people pushing back against that. I think Adam Silver has said they've got to look at the way that free agency is handled now what 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 is going to happen there?
0: I think the most first of all you know there, there's two issues, and people talk about the tampering issue. I think there's two very distinct issues. I think most teams agents players I think there's an acceptance that when a a guy's going to be a free agent and his season ends, let's say player gets eliminated from in April or May. And he's going to be a free agent that July that there are going to be conversations taking place. I don't think it bothers anybody. The rules say it can't happen until June 30th at 6 PM this year. What I think people have the problem with, and I think what is really problematic for the league is when there are players under contract who have a full year left on their deal, two full years, like Anthony Davis had two full years. Paul George had two full years back in Indiana, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard had two years left in San Antonio. And when there's a sense that teams, as one GM said to me, the difference between tampering and interference, don't interfere in my team. And what's going on is you're inter, that there's interference going on in the middle of people's seasons with their team, um, often by one team or more than one team, and it's been directed by the agent. And that's not new in this league. This has been going on. I think that's the issue more to be addressed then what's the timeline of when we can start free agency talks and players who are, are in the free and clear at the end of their season? I think that will be addressed. I think the league wants to address that uh, and, and maybe create something that is more functional to actually the reality of what goes on. But the bigger issue to me is with players with multiple years left on their deal who are being you know, told or pushed or uh, encouraged from the outside to find a way out of that place, I think that's the real problem. Not not that there's deals, not that there's free agent deals done before July one.
1: And you think they're going to fix it?
0: Well, I, I think they're trying to, and I think they know they need to. Uh, yeah, I, I do think there'll be changes to it. Will they fix it? I, I guess what's the definition of fix? But I do think it'll be addressed, and I think free agency, whether it's this coming year or the following year, you know, probably the mechanics of it might look a little different.
1: Well, we got to let Adrian get back to his phone and his Twitter account. It's uh, it's a pleasure, sir. Thank you for taking some time for us here on The Sporting Life. Bristol's own Adrian Wojnowski.
0: Jeremy, great to be on with you. Talk to you soon.
1: I'm Jeremy Shapp, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern time.